the box. Meet people through their music. With Ash Bertabez on FBI. Glorious day for it. On my favourite radio station, FBI 94.5, today my guest is Chris Lego. What would you do if a highway was being built through your suburb? It might be the first solution that comes to mind, but my guest today threw a party. So Chris Lego, if he doesn't like what's happening in his community, Chris is one of those rare characters who actually does something about it. Uh, he's a new town in St. Peter's local from way back. And the West Connects is a highway that will cut down, as far as we know, about 80 homes in St. Peter's. And it's likely to gonna, it's going to be raising congestion along King Street in all likelihood. And the smokestacks might even be going up around Chris's place. So, yeah, threw a street party about it. And he's actually thrown quite a few in his time. It's kind of what he does. He's organised Reclaim the Streets and Reclaim the Lanes a few years in a row. So uh, that's reclaiming the streets from cars for a community gather with a day-long roving carnival, complete with wheelie bin sound systems. And <laughs> apart from that, Chris is also, and I'm just cherry picking here because there's a lot of things you've done. Uh, he started Newtown Markets, organized a bunch of Sydney Fringe events, managed a punk band called Kermit the Fascist. Hey, that, that, that was a long, <laughs> long time ago. You still did it. You'll never escape how, New Past. How did you learn that? Well, actually, the, the way I got in touch with you was through Daniel Robbins. Who, Daniel Robbins. Yeah, old roommate of yours. Got all your dirty secrets. <clears throat> They'll just come pouring out throughout the hour. Oh, I've got so much dirt on him. You've got no idea. <laughs> we'll talk later. Yeah. Um, so, welcome to Hi. Out of the Box. Thanks and for having me. Good to have you here. And now you're a little bit knackered. Why are you so tired? <laughs> well, let's just get that out of the way first. Uh, <laughs> I was up late um, finishing uh, bits of writing for my first new zine that I've done in a number of years. Uh, I'm printing it on f tomorrow, Friday. And so I just stayed up late uh, drinking gin and listening to, um, to music like the Butthole Surfers and stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> writing... Uh, just polishing a few articles for it. Great. And what kind of what kind of contents in there? What kind of things are you writing about? Um, it's called herding cats. I don't know why it's called that, but it just seems to be the best job description um, that I have. <laughs> uh, um, what's in it? I was polishing a story um, from a friend of a friend who works in a uh, a men's uh, a gentleman's club, uh, a sex club, and uh, he uh, just told me a few stories about. Some of the amazing things that have happened there, just the um, some of the really interesting personal dynamics and stuff that he's seen from sitting behind the desk, and um, yeah, so it's all very anonymous, but um, oh good, <laughs> oh, yeah, very, <laughs> I can imagine very you anonymous. Encounter some problems, yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds fascinating. Um, so that's herding cats, and you did do a zine way back in the day called Coughing Up Lego Men. Is that how you got your last name? Yeah, I just started to get mail addressed to uh, Chris Lego, and uh, the name just kind of stuck. Wicked. Um, I also did a music zine called Dazed and Swarming, so I used to get mail address to Chris Dazed, and thankfully that nickname did not catch on. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. So we'll take a track that you were, you know, playing last night while you're finishing off your zine, The Hurdy Gurdy Man by Butthole Surfers. I can't believe I said that without laughing. I'm so grown up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing how we... You know, we have grown up, you know, it's, it's great being old. A real professional. Here you go, butthole surfers. <laughs> mm. 
FBI 94.5, that was a track <laughs> by Butthole Surfers. And speaking of buttholes, we were just uh, indulging in a poo story off air. 
Chris. <laughs> yep, the giant poo story. Uh, one of the articles I was um, finishing last night for my zine was about the night uh, me and a couple of friends went to George Cardinal George Pell's uh, Farewell Sydney Mass at St. Mary's Cathedral. And uh, I'd happened to uh, get given a three metre long, giant, one metre wide uh, foam poo that originally was going to be used in uh, a protest against sewage outfalls off the beaches but then they went hang on we're environmentalists we can't put a giant bit of foam into the water so we decided to go and give George Pell a send-off that he really deserved uh his deep homophobia sexism and complicity in the crimes of the Catholic Church over decades meant that we uh felt quite justified in dumping a three meter long giant poo on the front steps of the cathedral a um, car-sized poo. Yeah, it was actually like the size of a car. <laughs> There's only three of us. It was quite unwieldy to carry. I just seen a photo and it's there's a lady walking past and she's smaller than a poo. Yeah, she's <laughs> smaller than a poo. Yes. Yes. So, quite quite a trip to see. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, quite a surreal evening. Yeah. So you just you just mentioning of it that um you've got quite an odd CV and yeah I I'd, I'd agree you've got you know. Reclaim the lanes, reclaim the streets on there. You've got all of this Sydney uh, fringe that, stuff. That stuff is not on my CV. Yeah, it's not, not on your CV? No. Why I, not? Well, that's just what I, I, I do. It's not what I, you know, it's not how I try and sell myself, you know, to uh, to get a job or anything like that. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I love doing that stuff with, you know, I'm part of an amazing collective of people, you know, of nine sound systems and all the rest of it that make that happen and... We've got, you know, logistics people and we've got the voices of reason over there and we've got people who are good at painting stuff and, uh, we're, you know, I'm part of a uh, quite a, a large eclectic crack team of people who put these on. Is that is that Gorilla Gigs? Is that no. part of that? No, a different thing. No, Gorilla Gigs have come and uh, um, set up bands at um, one or two of the Reclaim the Lanes festivals, but... Um, <clears throat> yeah, we Reclaim the Streets is a broad international disorganised non-movement. Well, let's start with the history of Reclaim the Streets. I mean, it goes oh, back God. to the very early <laughs> 90s, I think. Yeah, uh, it uh, largely sprung out of the um, anti-roads battles uh, in the UK. Um, people realised that these freeways were uh, ripping down sites of scientific interest and bits of heritage in the English countryside, people started to get together to defend those sites and they realised that um, these sites were being destroyed uh, for for car culture and they decided to take it back to the city and actually make a statement uh, against current uh, policies of urban design and car culture Mm. and how uh, so much of our cities is structured around the car and focused around the car. Yeah. And it actually was a fantastic metaphor for how our cities and broader societies built around this amazing symbol of capitalism, which is the private motor vehicle. And if you look at how cities are designed, they're not designed for people or families or or pets or, or gardening or anything like mm. that. They are actually built around the car. Yeah, and you know that every time you're at the front of the town hall, which, you know, in other cities you're at the town hall and you've got some peace of mind. But in Sydney, huge amount of traffic going by. You can barely hear yourself think it's not a pleasant place to be. Well, you're looking at seven seven lanes of traffic 
and you know, I'm not advocating that we get all Unabomber and we have to go and, you know, live in teepees in the woods because realistically that's not going to happen. And it does weird things to you, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but what we are saying is that the spending $15 billion on the West, West Connects motorway, for example, right now is absolutely insane. Other cities have recognised that building more roads just increases car congestion over you know, within within 10 years, yeah, build it and they those will come. extra lanes are full and then you have to build more roads to try and ease that congestion and you're kind of digging digging yourself a hole there. Mm. I just, we can't help but wonder what $15 billion would do for Sydney's public transport system. Which, oh, I, I can't imagine either. Can you imagine what $15 billion could do for the infrastructure of public transport in Sydney? You could just set up sky cars everywhere. You could get everyone a hoverboard. You could double the amount of buses like, going all over Sydney mm. and make them free. Yep. Imagine that. Imagine free public transport if you're a member of the general public. But yeah, back to back to the history of it starting in London. I found this really great thing when I was trying to look up all of the beginnings of Reclaim the Streets. And there was um in 2000, I think it was 1996 actually, in Shepherd's Bush in London, it was like a cat and mouse game with the police and 6,000 protesters took part, took over part of this elevated motorway. Oh, uh, yeah. And so yeah, they the had... M, M11 or M41? M41, yeah. yeah. And they had, you know, in similar to how you guys do it with Reclaim the Streets, they had, and Reclaim the Lanes, they had these sound systems, portable sound systems playing and like heaps of them and hidden underneath dancers walking on stilts and wearing huge like wire supported dresses there were environmental activists drilling holes in the tarmac and planting trees yeah but they had to get get the the drill in time with the techno yeah so if the techno was like tree 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 and um they actually uh planted one of the trees they planted in the middle of that motorway was rescued from the path of another road building site that people were protesting uh, maybe it was a Claremont Road protest site or something like that, but they actually rescued a tree from the bulldozers and put it in the middle of the the M41 motorway. Mm. Um, you, you can, if you look hard, you can find a photo of that, just like this nervous-looking person wearing like a mask and goggles, <laughs> like under a pair of stilts that someone wearing a giant tutu or something is. Um, yeah. So, so here, seeing all this stuff, did that actually? start Reclaim the Streets in your mind for, for Sydney or was that already established here? Um, a couple of English people came over in 1997, uh, I think 1997, 98, um, and the first party was on Inmore Road. Uh, I didn't get involved for a couple of years, but I went to, to all of them and it just blew my mind, like, the what people are actually possible, what, what we can all do together you know, just to shut down Enmore Road and King Street and bring out a sound system and actually turn it into a vision of what life could be like. I was fascinated with that. And I wrote, yeah, the first one just made me uh, think how incredibly special it was that people could do that. Cool. We'll talk a little bit more about Reclaim the Streets and Reclaim the Lanes, the kind of morphing into Reclaim the Lanes after a track. But we haven't decided which one to take. All right. So... Non-Bossy Posse, are they, are they, or Captain Ahab? Oh, okay. Well, we're talking about Reclaim the Streets and early Reclaim the Streets. This uh, Non-Bossy Posse track is live at the second ever Reclaim the Streets. And this was performed in front of about 2,000 people on top of a giant scaffolding stack in Crown Street in Surrey Hills. 
and this is uh yeah i just call this song ahoy i don't know if it's actually got a name but this is a uh, non bossy posse and friends on crown street in 1998 my guest today is chris lego on out of the box <laughs>
<laughs> on FBI 94.5. Wow. That was that was a bit of party in here. So my my guest today, Chris Lego, bought that track in. And uh, what's, what's the story behind this guy? Oh, uh, part of a non-bossy posse was, uh, is, is, was a lovely man uh, called John. And he built the first ever mobile uh, wheelie bin sound system. Um, a stroke of genius. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it got given to me in 2003 uh, after a day of fighting the police on Erskineville Road at a reclaim the streets and went sideways. Um, yeah, and he's part of Non-Bossy Posse. And yeah, so I've had the, the original wheelie bin sound system now for, oh God, 11, 12 years or something like that. So you are thereby obligated to man the wheelie bin no, and I, take it I to good places. No, I palm it off. You palm it off. I'm too often. I'm running around too busy to uh-huh. uh to to babysit a sound system for the whole day. Yeah, of course. So you just need someone to wheel it around and the tunes play, and that's how it works. Yeah, like it's got a, it's got a drink holder. You know, it's <laughs> it's really light. It's really Repeat loud. With cup holder. Yeah, great. It's made so of black. you mentioned for a second there that um. There was a reclaim the streets in Erskineville that went sideways. What happened? What was the what was the turn of events like? Oh, <laughs> it's all well, coming back to him now. <laughs> well, 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 this takes me back. Um, uh, organizing stuff by by committee as a collective, it can be really really interesting. That's that's a real understatement. It can be really interesting. Um, there was. Uh, a dis- a dis- uh, decision at the time, back in 2003 or something, that it, we just weren't going to talk to the police about what we were doing. We were just going to tell them that we're shutting down Erskineville Road, which, as people know, is quite a bottleneck. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> Turns that's, out. That's during a period of time I refer to as the, the lost year or two because uh, it didn't go well. <laughs> the The police came in and took the sound system and we we yeah we kind of we made our point and we failed to make our point that day but okay so that that was people got arrested and yeah it wasn't it no wasn't, broken bones was, though, wasn't right? the best party <laughs> ever but friends of mine Kate and Tom met that night at the the after party at the slamming drum and bass after party <laughs> and now they've got a beautiful little boy together and that Day of fighting the police brought them together. <laughs> Something good came of a it. Beautiful little boy called Bodie. Aww, yeah. cute, yeah. cute name. <laughs> How darling. So, so in more recent years, you have actually decided to get in touch with the police beforehand, because was it because of the Erskineville situation that you kind of decided maybe the police should just have a bit of a heads up? Um. It's, it's always been a collective decision, and it varies a lot. Mm, yeah. Um, the last reclaim the streets on Campbell Street. <clears throat> um, the, we did not have police permission to shut down the road, uh, but there was eleven hundred people and a bunch of barricades and couches and giant banners and sound systems, and we shut the road. That was always our intention, and we did it. Delightful. Well, yeah, you know, it's no longer the New South Wales Police Service; it's the force. And I've got these giant water cannons and horses and and trucks and guns and pepper spray and buttons. So it can be uh, all things you can get at your local hardware store. Not I don't really. think you. Hey, I don't. I don't think that's no, no, no. And also, where do you keep a horse in the inner city? 
Now, mm-hmm. like, there's a time and place for uh, communities just to take back the streets by themselves. And so sometimes, like, it's it has been prudent in the past to tell the cops to shut down one particular road just so you don't get some crazy meth head in a ute, like, who wants to drive through a crowd of people who are drinking. Has that happened before? It sounds like a very specific incident. <laughs> um, they're... Drivers are unpredictable. Individuals are unpredictable, especially if you delay them by a few minutes. And then if, you know, if it's a hot day and they're, they're uh, in control of two tonnes of metal that they can, you know, drive around and aim at people, it's just better to um, not put yourself in that position. Because mm. sometimes, you know, we don't always have enough, enough barricades to stop a car if it wanted to push through yeah. the end of a street. So... Reclaim the Streets was on for quite a while and then you decided to wrap it up. And same with Reclaim the Lanes, you kind of said, okay, it was, you know, it's run its course. Yeah. Why? 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 Why had it run its course? Why did you kind of not want to make the promise of, well, yeah, same time next year? Why should I? Because it was a good time. (laughs) Yeah, like if there's enough of a collective that comes together and says, hey, let's do that again, then rad. Okay, Um, so it wasn't packing up forever. it's It's like being at a fantastic party and there's heaps, heaps of, you know, wonderful drinks and they're cold and there's heaps of wonderful people and there's heaps of party favours and, you know, flashing lights and all that, you know, and then you go to the after party and it's fantastic. And, and like, spontaneous. Yeah, but like sooner or later, you know, the, party's, the party comes to a, a logical end. And with, with Reclaim the Lanes... <clears throat> Once we've done five of them, it's like, uh, we don't want people to take this for granted and we have made our point and <laughs> this is an insanely uh, time-consuming, expensive um, circus. You know, it, this is... And I just remember Phil, uh, notifying the police that we were shutting down two streets and crossing in more road and stuff and they just, in, there's a, on the Schedule 1 police form... There's a, a bit where it says, what is the purpose of this protest? And we were just at the pub, like drunk, up at the courty, and we just wrote in defense of surrealism <laughs> and that went and hand that into the cop shop. And I was like, right, well, this has been a wonderful exploration of mobile sound system culture and the forgotten bits of Newtown and more that people may not uh, see very often, even if they live in the area. And we've done it five times and, oh, now there's 1,600 people and, you know, it's... Gets a bit out of control? No. No? No. It was... It, it never got... You know, no one tipped cars over or anything like that. And no one got hurt or arrested in five Reclaim the Lanes festivals. It was just like, well, we've done this. So that's done. All right. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about Newtown in a second. The changing face of Newtown. Oh, God. Yeah, sorry, dude. Gonna have to do it to you. That's why I live in St. <laughs> Peter's these days. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's basically Newtown. Um, anyway, so we've got a track to take. And oh, uh, yeah. we actually haven't decided which one yet, so maybe... No, we're going... Uh, well, we were just talking about, um, you know, after the party. Yep. So I think we're going to go with some Captain Ahab. Mm-hmm. Um, track five is called After the Party. And the chorus is, after the party, my party begins. (laughs) 
my breath is a smoke machine I wish all of these people would go home I wish that everyone here would just leave Cause after the party Yeah, 94.5, a track brought in by my guest today, Chris Lego. Yep, that's me. Hi. That's um, the yeah, guy. That was uh, After the Party by <laughs> Captain Ahab. Is he a local? Uh, they are from uh, Los Angeles, and I have um, intentionally never viewed footage of them. There's live, live concerts of theirs. On Vimeo and YouTube and stuff like that, and friends send me links because I love Captain Ahab, and I've intentionally never seen what they look like because I just want to have that in my imagination. <laughs> wow, this got weird quickly, didn't it? No, I totally know what you mean. <laughs> you, you don't want the uh, the imagination space to be polluted by actual oh, facts. <laughs> yeah, the music's the music's cra- crazy. I don't care if it's, you know, if the guy's got six arms or three. <laughs> three dudes with tails like I you know I just want to listen to the music great so you've anyway. <laughs> we were just mentioning we'd be talking about uh, Newtown a second ago because you've been there since before you know tie shop after tie shop and yoga yogurt 
Froyo shop after Froyo shop, and you were there before all of this happened. And I mean, Newtown's changed in other ways. Can you just give us a little bit of an idea of what it was like when you first moved to Newtown? Um, there's heaps, heaps more smack. There's heaps <laughs> of needles everywhere. <laughs> uh, no, um, uh, you know, everything changes, and Newtown has changed a lot mm. in, in the last 15, 20 years or so. Um, uh, we used to have a, a banner that we made for Reclaim the Lanes, and it was this massive five by two metre banner on dark green material and we uh, just poured bleach onto it to like make the letters and I used to say keep it weird Newtown um yeah that's kind of uh one of the reasons why we put on the Reclaim the Lanes festival just to keep things really unpredictable and strange and uh with degrees of surrealism in Newtown um because I got nothing against yogurt, but there's only so much of it you can eat, you know? This is true. I like to think that they're mostly fronts for other endeavours, <gasps> but maybe not. Are we talking about money laundering? Oh, maybe. Oh, no. I, I have no idea. I shouldn't this be. This got really is that defamation? Ooh. Back away. Back away. So, <laughs> like, okay, I, I don't want to throw around the G word too much, but we talk about Newtown a lot these days and you hear a lot about oh yeah but gentrification and stuff I mean realistically in real world terms what is what has changed about Newtown that you know made you maybe float out towards St Peter's a little bit more oh that's just been part of a natural um what's it called uh migration that um um uh, the, the weirdos and the freaks and the artists and the thieves and the junkies and stuff everyone just like uh, couldn't afford to live in Newtown anymore. It's a prime slice of real estate. Um, so yeah, the artists and the weirdos and the activists largely got pushed out to St. Peter's and more Marrickville, Stanmore, Dulwich Hill. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, yeah, then the apartment building frenzy, uh, kind of came to St. Peter's in the last year or two. So, uh, people are getting pushed out even further, you know, uh, Tempe, Torella, Bardwell Park, so the fringe is ever expanding. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like if you drop a uh, drop your drink and you can just watch the puddles spread outwards. It's kind of everyone's getting. Uh, yeah, I don't know many people that live in Newtown anymore. It's it's a lovely hub, and you know, well, you know one some, now. That's me. Yay! Yay! Party at your house. <laughs> Anytime. All right. Actually, speaking of parties, you used to do this thing. I was it called free party, free parties, and. Oh. Oh, well, I was told by uh, a secret source that... That Daniel should just shut up. Right, <laughs> Thanks for bringing us together. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what parties? So uh, there would be a group. I'm not really sure if you were the, the ringleader, but um, a group of leaders. people. Yeah. <laughs> Decentralised control means it's harder to... I don't know. Anyway. And... <laughs> <laughs> So you went to real estate agents, picked up a key and went to warehouses and uh, had a look around, returned the key to the real estate agent, left a door open though, and had parties. That's That was you and, and mates, right? <laughs> what? Yeah, wasn't it? No. Go to real estate agents, get Yeah, the be keys. like, I want to look at this warehouse. I'm really interested <laughs> in doing something here. I have never... <laughs> heard of that before in my life this is the first time i've got my research wrong it wasn't me and a bunch of mates i've never heard of 
That's a great idea though, but I've never heard of anyone going to a real estate agent, getting the key to a warehouse and leaving a door open. That's you heard that it sounds... first. Great idea. <laughs> Still yet to be capitalized upon. Who told you that? <laughs> I told you it was a secret sauce. Dickheads. <laughs> Anyway, seeing as I've clearly got my facts wrong, how about we just whack on a track? Yeah, this song's by, uh, called uh, uh, This is by um, this amazing little dude from New Zealand uh, called Snorgasm. Uh, this song's called Weekend Escape. It's a good, it's a good. There's your segue. Oh, so that's Snorgasm. Yeah. Well, you just really changed the track on me at the last minute. That's fine. Here we go. Boom.
Skype. Out of the box. <laughs> Out of the box. On FBI. Go to work, go home, go shopping, go to work, go home, go to the movie, go to bed, go shopping, go to work, go home, go shopping, go to work, go home, go to the movie, go to bed, go shopping, go to work, go home, go shopping, go to work, go home, go to the movie, go to bed, go shopping, go to work, go home, go shopping, go to work, go home, go to the movie, go to bed, go shopping, go to work, go home, go shopping, go to work, go home, go to the movie, go to bed, go shopping, go to work, go home, go shopping, go to work, go home, go to the movie, go to bed, go shopping, go to work, go home, go shopping, go to work, go home, go to the movie, go to bed. Everywhere you look around Love is in the air
on FBR 94.5. Had a bit of dead air there while I docked off to the loo. Uh, and thank you, Chris, for jumping in and changing the next track, which was All My, All my Friends. Friends, but live uh, at the Warden. Yeah, by LCD Sound System, Yeah, one of my favourite bands. And that one goes for eight minutes, so we're not actually going to have enough time in the show to include that one, but if you haven't heard it before, highly recommend. And can you actually tell us real quick... Um, why did you want to bring that one on in the first place? Because uh, each track is meant to have a story behind it, which we were going to talk about, which is kind of what we've been doing now for 47 minutes. But um, that that's one that's a beautiful song about about friends and nights that never end and tra-la-la. Um, but yeah, I just remember seeing them at the, the Horton Pavilion and I'd been, uh, my boyfriend at the time, uh, had to go to a funeral and... Uh, so I went with him, went to the funeral and the wake and the after party for the wake and then drinking in the backyard after the after party for the wake. And then I was like, I can't do this. I can't go to the Horden to see this band, like stuff this. And I called a friend to give him the ticket and he said, you're getting in a cab and you're coming. And I went there and when they played all my friends, you know, being at a wake and funeral for 12 hours, I just, you know, it had been a long day. And yeah, I just... Uh, lost it a bit and um but uh that gig was absolutely amazing and i'll always remember it good band to lose it to strange day that one (laughs) (laughs) so you apart from being the on the key organizers or the key organizer of reclaim the lanes and reclaim the collective it's a collective i know i know no one's in charge that's why i said key organizers one of and I didn't want to, you know, <laughs> underestimate your input. I'm trying real hard, dude. Make it easier on me. All right. Herding cats. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. Uh-huh. So you, apart from that, you're also an artist in Sydney. Yep. And I kind of want to ask you, I'm, like, what's your art like? Uh, I'm a screen printer by trade. Mm-hmm. Um, my art uses a lot of found materials, a lot of collage, a lot of mixed media. I love finding old paintings on the way home. You know, from the pub or a party or something, and then using the shapes already on that painting as the skeleton or the framework for my own art. Um, I make banners, I make signs, uh, sculptures, installations, party decor, uh, <laughs> abstract paintings, screen printing, of course, like screen printed bandanas and ties. I uh, run a little label a fair trade fashion label. Some would call it streetwear, but I hate that term, but I've uh, been getting used to it. Because Where else do you wear your clothes? I mean, seriously. I know, I know. So yeah, I run a, a little streetwear label uh, called Department of Nothing, and we're just about to relaunch our next uh, range of stuff, a Mardi Gras Fair Day. Um, so my art takes a bunch of uh, different forms, and it can be anything from a spoken word performance through to a abstract painting or I make stickers I printed many many t-shirts and sold them at the markets over the years yeah basically one of everything except for film <laughs> yeah it's like the only thing that's not there as far as I know oh uh, <laughs> yeah but you know the night is young and full of terror but um, no nah, like I yeah um just about a lot of different medias I, I find it quite hard to concentrate on any one uh, uh, form of artwork for a long period of time. Wicked. So can, can I ask you, though, um, you've been making art in Sydney for quite a while. I'm, I'm sure you would have, you know, 
been quite aware of the struggles of actually finding the space to make art. Uh-huh. Has that been fairly easy for you over time or is it is that one of the main problems with being an artist in Sydney? Um, being able to find an affordable uh, space to create stuff in is, you know, I, it's it's really hard in Sydney. Not only because of Sydney's like insane um, rent on, um, on spaces, but because of... Um, soul-sucking landlords and stuff like that they will uh rent a property and then like they won't maintain it until you know until it gets ripped down to build apartments and stuff like that so you do have artists that are in like uh light industrial spaces or industrial warehouses or uh you know in granny flats in houses or garages or something like that trying to make their art and you know putting all their their hours and their passion into it and then um the spaces just get taken away from them and turn into apartments and that's happened this week in St Peter's there was a a bunch of artist studios in St Peter's and um yeah they got four weeks notice four weeks is much less than you usually get isn't it isn't it three months are we talking about unethical real estate practices in Sydney I guess it's not worth talking about is it another hour to talk about (laughs) this yeah like how tenants and especially like artists get treated sometimes in Sydney it's like wow this is like class war but without the Molotovs like just how people get get ripped off and then kicked out of places is quite astounding you know so you're getting kicked out is that why particularly incensed no, I'm just generally pissed off. <laughs> nah. Um, so so yeah. what's happening to you? Like, how come you're not was, moving out of your own volition? No, no. I've got an insanely cheap rent in this really tiny little house. It used to be a recording studio and a commercial kitchen and a meth lab. What's and, it like um, now? Can you oh, just describe beautiful. how it is? It's beautiful. Because uh, I can do anything I want to it because it's getting ripped down and the rent's cheap and it's next to a junkyard so I can make all the noise I want. I've got a friend's sound system in there and, um, yeah, I can paint the walls if I want, stapled a camo net to the roof. Um, yeah, and play records all night if I want to. Uh, but, yeah, the DA got passed on my little house and the junkyard. They want to build more apartments in St. Peter's. So uh, sometime this year we'll get notice and that's the end of Dirty Kitch. End of an era. So that's, End of an era. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Uh, well, you know, everything changes. I But if I had my million dollars, I would buy that house and, you know, stay there forever. But let's not get too romantic about it. You know, it's just walls and what we carry deep within our hearts is heaps more important. Yeah, we'll talk about what's happening to the rest of St. Peter's, a lot of other houses in St. Peter's after this track, because we've got something from the Mountain Goats called No Children. I love this song. Now, can you say why you wanted to bring this one on? Uh, this is like someone reading out a bit of love letter through a megaphone. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Fences we mended fall down beneath their own weight, and 
The Mountain Goats, brought in by my guest today, Chris Lego on FBI 94.5. You're listening to Out of the Box, where my guest gets to bring in a whole bunch of tracks, tell some stories, have some yarns. We talk a bunch, and we've been talking a bunch about the inner west, about, you know, the Newtown, St. Peter's area. And uh, West Connects is uh, building, a, well, the road's going to be built through St. Peter's. 80 homes are going to get chewed up they by They want it. to build the road through St. Peter's. We're determined to stop it. Okay, and how are you guys doing that? We, uh, well, a bunch of the 80 homes have just flat out refused to enter negotiations with West Connects because they can get staffed because their project's a terrible idea. Uh, people have been interfering with the exploration drilling, which has to happen before the project can go ahead. As in physically getting in the way? Yeah. Cool. And just stopping the, the drilling from, from happening. Uh, the Thursday after Reclaim the Streets, there was a spontaneous community-led blockade at about 9.30 at night where three vehicles were blockaded and it was made quite clear to the trucks that they weren't going to be drilling in St. Peter's again and they should just go home. So we escorted them out of the suburb and there was no drilling that night and so they haven't been able to finish the exploration drilling. Um, we are marching on February 1st from the, the hub the iconic hub in Newtown, down to Sydney Park uh, to dress up parade called the King Street Crawl. We want to draw attention to the impact that West Connects is going to have on King Street. There's a chance that King Street might have to turn into a 24-hour clearway. If West Connects actually does 
succeed in dumping between 40,000 and 100,000 extra cars per day at St. Peter's mm. like they want to. As or if also, it wasn't already congested enough. Well, you know, if you try and drive up Edgware Road, <laughs> you know, away from uh, St. Peter's and the Marrickville Metro towards Stanmore, you know, and Enmore Road, like, it's it's a car park. It's a one-lane car park. The impact that uh, West Connects could actually have on King Street, on May Street, on Edgware Road, on Sydenham, Tempe, um, it's insane. There's nowhere for the traffic to go. We've been to the West Connects pop-up shops and I said, right, where's your traffic modelling to show where all these cars will go? One of the best answers they could give us was, oh, we're sure someone else has done that traffic modelling. This project has not been through the amount of in- inquiries that is required for any project over $100 million in New South Wales. There's mm. four separate inquiries which they just haven't done because they're so determined to rubber stamp this. I'm talking about both the Liberal government and the Labor government. They both seem to be on the same West Connects page, like with this project. But what we're actually talking about is what we need is a culture shift in Sydney. There's no reason that this has to get rammed through the St. Peter's neighbourhood. The $15 billion that they want to give to this, and it's a toll road, you know, let's not let's not pretend that, that they're going to put trains down in that four-lane tunnel mm-hmm. and, you know, f- bicycles go through free. It's going to be like $8 for a car to go through it. They're spending, you know, billions of dollars of our money, including $1.5 billion of federal funding for this, and they haven't done an environmental impact statement. They, they're trying to force people out of their homes in St. Peter's, including like two brothers who were born, who are 75 years old and were born in the house that West Connects wants to take away from them. Like that's going to kill those guys, literally. That's not okay. So they haven't done an environmental impact statement, but they're forcing people to, they're Move trying out. to force people yeah. to uh, enter negotiations to, to leave their homes. Well, if they haven't done all of these, all of these requisite things... Then what are they, how are they planning, you know, what time are they planning to have all this done? You know, they do they want have... to start this year. That seems a bit With the... hasty. But <laughs> this project is getting rubber stamped and it does not add up. The finances of it don't add up. The traffic logistics of it don't add up. They haven't done the, the environmental impact statement. They're talking about uh, putting the exhaust smokestacks next to, next to schools in St. Peter's and stuff. None of this project makes sense, but part of it is an election thing. Part of it is tied into Tony Abbott's, you know, let's stop the boats, build jobs and build roads. Crappy rhetoric. I had to really not swear just then. It's all tied into um, this insane mates look after mates culture of New South Wales politics, and it's really disgusting. And with the state election coming up, they're trying to push it through because this is their version of progress. And what we're saying is development is not always progress. Ripping down a whole community of 80 homes is not progress. You know, it's it's mates looking after mates and it's the big development with no intrinsic good vision for Sydney as far as urban design, public transport and livable cities. And in other cities, they're, they're covering up their, their motorways or turning them into um, to green belts and just putting everyone on affordable, effective public transport. We're going in the opposite direction here. What cities are you talking about there? The ones that are actually 
creating green strips instead. Uh, Madrid, Copenhagen, Toronto. There's a, All cool cities. Yeah, sounds like a, a great tour you want to go on, you know. Right? Like uh, there, there's freeways that have gone alongside the uh, alongside uh, rivers in the states, and they've gone okay. That's ugly, and you know we're gonna put all the cars underground instead. Then turn these old freeways into like this beautiful green parkland uh, along the rivers, and it's a vision of a really livable city. Mm. You know, it's so, kind of what we deserve instead of this insane waste of money. If you're similarly miffed by the entire West Connects debacle, then you can join this fella here, Chris Lego, who's been my guest today on Out of the Box. Uh, on February the 1st at 1pm at The Hub, you can meet in Newtown. So The Hub's across from the station. It's yep. where those big circular ball things are and the new neighbourhood centre and all that. So the crawl starts at 2pm sharp as a dress-up parade. What are you going to dress as? Well that's work in progress we do want people to dress as like just be just be fabulous you know dress as the inner west like if you've got a dress that you never like pull out of the closet it's time sweetheart just pop it on <laughs> grab your friends bring your dog bring an esky and then we're going to um have uh we're we're getting uh jenny leong the greens candidate for newtown to uh, play the first record in sydney park for the after party at All right. So that's a King Street crawl happening on the 1st of February. Uh, Chris Lego has been my guest today on Out of the Box and you got Beth coming in for lunch very soon. And I'm sorry, Beth, I've stayed in longer than expected. I just looked at the time. And we've got one last track by Nirvana. It's yeah. called Love Buzz on FBI 94.5. Thanks, Thanks for so much. Me. It's been Cheers. great.